Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, and especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices, to be found only in the minds of men. The military-industrial complex not only controls our government, but they control our culture. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. They do not fulfill their promise. They never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had been and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Pray on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. You can deny all the things I've seen, all the things I've discovered, but not for much longer, because too many others know what's happening out there. And no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. It's about time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. Freedom is the privilege to be right. Freedom from the disasters of our mistakes. It's the heart that says, I will not acquiesce. Across the gulf of space, intellects, 
vast and cool and unsympathetic, regarded our planet with envious eyes. Each of us, when separated, is always looking for our other half. And the desire and the pursuit of the whole is called love. Heart perception will change everything. Broadcasting from the Sonoran Desert in the great state of Arizona, I'm your host Ryan Gable, and this is The Secret Teachings Radio. If you'd like to contact The Secret Teachings, you can email us at rdgable at yahoo.com. That's r-d-g-a-b-l-e at yahoo.com. You can find us on social media at facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings, as well as Gab and Gitter. And you can find all of our content on our website at thesecretteachings.info. That's www.thesecretteachings.info. We welcome you to the broadcast whenever and wherever you are listening around the world, including our free show archive on the website and our advertisement-free archive on the website where you get a lot of other goodies, including our montages and my digital books. A lot of people have been asking me, why does the show have so many advertisements in it? That's because it's been made available for free on all of the different radio and podcast players. And that is what partially supports us financially, the monetization. But if you'd like to get rid of those advertisements, you can subscribe to the ad-free archive and get a lot more by visiting the website www.thesecretteachings.info. I'd like to thank all of you who gave me some kind words on Facebook and in instant message and email Uh, about my little camping trip this weekend. I don't really get to do stuff like that very often. So when I can take some time away from radio and take some time away from compulsively learning, learning is not a bad thing, but for me, I get so so compulsive about it. Uh, It gives me anxiety sometimes, so I really have to try to disconnect. And uh, we had a nice little camping trip. Uh, What happened was we weren't planning on doing much of anything this weekend, Uh, because Hope works all week, I work all week, and then she usually does her own thing for one of her days off. And uh, we ended up having an opportunity to go just south of Tucson, up into uh, the mountains uh, of one of the parks around here. And uh, we got to go to this uh, really nice campsite. Uh, I think it was free, so we didn't have to pay for it or anything. And it was was just very, very out out in the desert, up on the mountain, so it was a little bit colder. And when we set our tent up and we had some, you know, we had some snacks and we knew a few people who had went up there, uh, people we knew from, from Tucson. And, uh, we took a couple of walks. We went down over the, over the mountain to a, a secluded area. We did some shooting. Uh, well, I did more shooting than, uh, than anybody else did, but I just got to shoot my new, uh, my 22 lever action rifle that I bought myself for my birthday. So that was really fun. And then as the, uh, the sun went down and the night was upon us. Uh, we had a fire, and uh, I don't know if it's just me, but I like to hear scary stories. Except when you're around me, you end up hearing the scary stories from me. I wanted other people to tell some scary stories, but I ended up having to tell the scary stories, and I think I scared myself more than anybody else. We, we were talking about everything from DNA and the moon to nanotechnology and uh hope said just don't bring up 
the dust. Don't bring up the smart dust. <laughs> so we were walking. We took a walk with some of the people we knew. And they kept asking me, they're like, what is this smart dust? And uh, I think uh, Hope hyped it up a little bit too much. So I, I ended up telling them about the smart dust. And uh, I scared myself because I, I ended up bringing up David Polides and the missing 411. When we're out in the middle of absolutely nowhere on a trail, there's no lights except the, we have little flashlights. But we were trying to let our eyes adapt to the dark. So we were walking in almost pitch blackness. And, you know, when you see things in the dark, there, there isn't really a definition to, you know, to trees uh, or to, you know, branches and, you know, even a pile of dirt could look like anything. There were a bunch of cows wandering around. It was like an open range where we camped. So we saw big piles of dirt off the side of the trail and we thought there was a cow laying down. So we clicked the flashlight on and it was just a big pile of dirt with some grass or whatever growing out of it. But I scared myself when I started talking about the missing 411. And then there was a helicopter that flew out from the city. There's a city just down over the mountain. And again, this is south of Tucson. And this helicopter flew over literally like right over our campsite. And it circled a couple of times. And um, we ended up going to bed, long story short. And as we go to bed, we see police uh, lights. And we're out kind of in the middle of, of nowhere. I mean, we're like a half hour from the town, but it's kind of in the middle of nowhere. So you see police uh, cars come out and uh, we saw the lights and they sort of stopped at our campsite and uh, we learned the next morning our, our friends thought the same thing we did we're, we were thinking what did we do <laughs> I mean it's legal to shoot out here um, you know the, the, we're not doing anything illegal it's a legal campsite like what do we do and uh, long story short though the cops they drove past us and then we started hearing more cars go by and this is like in the middle of the night this is like nine ten o'clock so we kind of peeked out the tent and we saw there were police cars going by. There was border patrol going by. Um, some of the these SUVs, they, they looked either like border patrol, I couldn't tell, or they looked like Department of Homeland Security. I think they were border patrol, though. And then we saw an ambulance go by. And it was even weirder because this is like a really, I barely got my car into this campsite. This is a really, really rugged you know, area. I barely squeezed my car through through the, uh, the, uh, the, the road to get into this place. And they've got an ambulance out there and these big SUVs going. We never did find out what happened, but you know, that kind of, that kind of just from the, the missing 411 and we were talking about UFOs and all these things, we could see the stars really well. And, uh, I think I scared myself a little bit too much. So I had <laughs> a lot of trouble going to sleep and, um, I guess it's a dose of my own medicine. I had a little bit of trouble going to sleep and, uh, I was, I was laying there in the tent, and I don't remember the moment I fell asleep, but I do remember that I couldn't remember the next morning whether the next thing I experienced was in a waking state or a semi-waking state, or if I was completely asleep, if I just dreamed it. Then again, if I dreamed it, is it, is it also kind of real? What happened was I'm laying in the tent, and this is all I remember. I'm laying in the tent, and it's just a very, very small tent, just a basic, you know, kind of like a uh, an arc zipper, very, very simple, cheap tent. And uh, I remember seeing kind of like this ethereal, like shadow, etheric like shadow, um, but it was kind of it was kind of like a bright light, more so than it was black, almost like gray. So it wasn't like too bright. And I remember it. I, I just remember the feeling of it. 
it, like it was like a female forum and it knelt in front of the the door of the tent and all i can really describe it as is like a female a woman puts her face up to the tent the opening of the tent and we have you know the the blo- the blockers on it you know for rain so we could you can't see out the mesh but i could kind of i remember seeing the shadow and again, this might have just been purely a dream, or maybe it was a little bit of, of, of a dream and being awake. But, you know, I, I always keep a gun with me. And so I, I remember, like, I kind of freaked out, I guess, in the dream. But like it, it was a controlled freaking out. So I grabbed the gun, and I stuck it to the tent. And I did that because I could hear this, this thing's voice, this woman's voice saying, come out here. Come out and, like, talk to me. Come out and play with me. And I mean, I don't know about you, maybe some guys would be like, yeah, sure. I don't know. I pulled the revolver out and I put it to the, to this woman's face. And I said, if you want me to come out there, you're going to have to look down the barrel of this gun. That's like what I said in my dream. I don't know. (laughs) And then it, and then like every memory, when I pulled that gun on this thing, whatever it was, it disappeared. I mean, obviously if it's a spirit, what's a gun going to do? Nothing. But this was just like my my subconscious reaction to whatever I had experienced. So the next morning, we woke up. It was really nice out. Uh, it wasn't really hot. It was kind of chilly. And it's been, it's been raining and storming here for the last like 48 hours here in Tucson. It's kind of, kind of weird because um, it's usually really, really sunny. But we do get storms like this on occasion. So we had, we had a nice, like cool, calm, kind of dark, dreary day yesterday. And we got up from the the camping and we packed everything up and we came home and Hope was really tired. So she took a nap and I, uh, I decided, you know what, I'm going to go see a movie. I'm going to go see a movie. So I decided to go uh, to the movie and I go down to the theater and I was going to go. There's like three or four movies out that I didn't really want to see, but I, I was willing to see them. Like I just wanted to go to the movie and I decided I'm going to see the movie Uma, this Korean uh it's not really a horror film, but it's like a kind of a spooky paranormal uh, Korean film. So I, it's like f- about folklore. So I go, I get a ticket, I go into Uma, and it was an okay movie. It was certainly better than some, you know, movies that don't seem to really try. Um, there were some little technical things in it that probably could have been done better. But I'm watching this movie, and I, it's basically about this woman, and uh, she has an issue with her mother. Her mother kind of tortured her when she was younger. And she did so with electricity. So this woman is like terrified of electricity and she lives off the grid with her, with her daughter. And the, the, the idea in the movie is that your ancestral uh, spirits, if they're not satisfied, uh, they can haunt you and they can haunt your, your children, etc. And so the, the movie focuses on this ancestral spirit, uh, the woman's mother. And in the movie, uh, there's this, this box with the mother's ashes that's brought to, uh, to the main character, the woman. Uh, and she, she's really disturbed that this, that this is brought to her by her uncle. She didn't know her mom died, but she's really disturbed. This is brought to her because she's stayed away from electricity and she's stayed away from any contact with the outside world. She doesn't want anything to do with, with her mother because her mother basically tortured her. Now there's there's a deeper meaning to it in regards to like motherhood and and the archetypes of the of the female and transformation and this woman has a daughter and all all this other stuff. But the one thing I noticed when I was watching the movie is when this suitcase with the with the mother or the I guess the uh to give you kind of a 
uh, a perspective so I don't confuse you, the, the main character's mother, when the main character's mother is brought in with these ashes in this case, there's a little like scarf. I think it's like a silk scarf that's tied around the, the handle of the suitcase. And at one point, you kind of get to see the whole scarf when it's pulled off the case and there was a fox on it. And I thought, you know, I mean, every time I see a fox, I think of my son. Actually, today is, is my son's birthday. Uh, he's three years old today as of uh, this morning. He was born early morning, March 30th. Three years ago. He's a three-year-old guy now. And uh, that's usually what I think of when I think of a fox. But recently, I've been thinking of a fox in a different way. Because if you remember, about three weeks ago, two, two, three, about three weeks ago, there is this, what they call an ancient Japanese killing stone, or the Seshosakai, the Seshosakai, this volcanic rock, split open in Japan. And this rock supposedly contained an evil demon that had lived in the rock for a thousand years. And the name of this demon was the Tamomo no Mai, the Tamomo no Mai. Now, this demon is also known as the Nine-Tailed Fox. Some of you might think of the, the Pokemon. That's actually what I thought of when I first read this, the Pokemon, Nine-Tails. The Tomomo no Mai. Tomomo no Mai. And when I read about that story a few weeks ago, I thought it was really interesting because my mind was taken to the Chinese Mo. Because we talked about the Mo-Mo Challenge. Remember the Mo-Mo Challenge? Big thing in popular culture, big thing in social media. The mainstream media and all the fact checkers downplay it now and say that it was an urban legend. It never happened. Nobody was ever influenced by a character named Momo. Nobody was ever influenced by an algorithm or AI or hackers or whatever was behind this, this so-called Momo challenge, encouraging people to commit self-harm, harm their animals, harm their, their friends, harm their family, etc. Or this character Momo would threaten the, 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 the child that, it will hurt their parents or their friends if they don't do what this character wants them to do. And I thought it was really strange because this movie kind of has, has that feel to it in the sense that this woman disconnects from everything electrical. And her, her daughter doesn't even know what you know social media is. Her daughter doesn't even have a phone. So they're uninfluenced by whatever's going on in, in, in the world outside of their little... They're, they keep bees, so this little bee colony that they have and their little farm that they have that they, they live off grid. And and I, that that kind of struck me because the movie had nothing to do with, you know, Momo, the Momo challenge, but the myth and the archetype and the symbols were all there. And the fox is in this movie. This movie just came out, by the way. This movie just came out in March. So th- this killing stone broke open in Japan, and you have the Tomomo Namai, the nine-tailed fox, and then I'm watching this this movie, Uma, and the fox is in this movie again. They, they had this really bad CG fox toward the end, but it was the idea, the, the symbol, what it means. Um, in, in this movie, they called it the Kumigo or the Kumiho. The Kumiho, it, which is a beautiful woman who is in the, in the tradition of Korea. It's a beautiful woman who is intent on seducing young men and eating their liver or their hearts, so basically consuming uh, their organs. And the kumaho, the kumaho is very, very similar to the tomomo namai. It's basically the exact same thing, just the Korean name for for this Japanese uh, demon or the Chinese mo. 
And what really struck me is that it's not just the movie Uma. It's also a demon that has appeared in a number of other TV shows and movies over the last couple of months. Uh, my friend Clyde called me the other day and he said, have you seen Jiu-Jitsu Kaisen Zero? It's another movie out in the theater right now. It's an anime. And I said, nope, not seen that movie. He said, well, this is really weird. He said, they have the Tomomo Namai in this anime movie. And, uh, you know, I found that out before I ever saw the, the Uma movie. And then after I see Uma, I'm thinking, this is really weird. You've got the Killing Stone in Japan that breaks open, the Tomomo Namai, and then you have the Mo in China. And then with what's going on in these Slavic countries and, and, and the Ukraine and, and with Russia, you have the, the Tomomo Namai in those countries is known as the Baba Yaga. And the Baba Yaga, maybe even more than, to, than the Tomomo Namai or the Kumeho, is the basically the devil. Because this Baba Yaga lives in the woods, kind of like a slender man almost, lives in the woods and uh, has uh, a house made of uh, chicken legs and uh, wanders the woods. And, you know, it's, it's also kind of the basis for like a, like a Hansel and Gretel, the witch in the woods, you know, eats the children and, you know, eats their organs and preys on, on the youth. Um, like the Kumaho preys on young boys, but these demons prey on the youth. They prey on the innocent. That's usually what predators and, and demons do. But it's basically the devil. It's not just a demon. It's the devil. It is Satan. It is the, the, the evil in the world. Call it Baba Yaga. Call it Momo. Call it Mo. Call it Kumaho. Call it Tomomo Namai. It's the same exact thing. And it's popping up in movies and TV shows from whether it's, you know, Jiu-Jitsu Kaisen or it's the, the, uh, the Uma movie I just saw. Or I don't really watch this TV show, but I was reading about this demon. And it's also in the TV show Lovecraft Country. So you, you've got TV shows and movies all representing this, this demon, showing you this demon. And in early March of this year, just a few weeks ago, the Killing Stone in Japan, the Sesho Sekai, breaks open and supposedly releases this demon, Temomo Nemai, the nine-tailed fox, that you've got in all these movies and TV shows. And to me, that's more than synchronistic, especially because, you know, this is something that we've been talking about partly on the show. And then I'm, I'm out here camping kind of in the wilderness and... Of all the things we talked about that night when we were camping, you know, I people they were my friends and and Hope were asking, you know, we were all kind of asking questions and talking about the universe, nature of life, and DNA and the moon and UFOs and all that stuff. And nobody brought up, you know, demons. Nobody brought up any of this stuff. And I, I go to sleep that night and I just kind of have this dream that's almost like something very real that happened, where this this female like character is trying to lure me out it sounds silly but trying to lure me out of my tent and i pulled a gun on it <laughs> and i don't know you know i mean it's a spirit so what's a gun gonna do but you know in the in this dream or this half uh, asleep half waking state i pulled a gun on this thing uh, and and then it disappeared it went away and that was it maybe it's just because i re i rejected it as you know as it was trying to lure me out of this you know my safe space my safe you know magical circle if you will but I have that experience, and then like I felt so compelled after that to go watch the, this, this movie Uma, which I had no idea was about the nine-tailed fox. So it's, you talk about synchronicity, and you talk about what I would almost refer to as a subconscious twilight language. 
I mean, it just, it really fascinates me. And I thought, I have to talk about this on the show. I have to do a show on this. But it's, it's not just this demon. Because we, we've seen, in the last few weeks, we've seen so many biblical signs and portents that have just been increasing in, in commonality and almost increasing in intensity that it really does feel like we are experiencing some form of archetypical revelation, some type of archetypical revealing. We, we've had St. Michael the Archangel bleeding, the statue bleeding. We've had a UFO unleashing lightning, but what's referred to as a divine lightning in Ukraine after some Ukrainian soldiers supposedly prayed to God to smite these Russian tanks, and then this lightning comes down from an unidentified flying object. Uh, March is also the anniversary of the Our Lady of Fatima apparitions, the Mariana apparitions in 1917. And then we have early March, the Sesho Sakai stone breaking open in Japan. And then inside this volcanic rock, you have the Temomo Nemai, the nine-tailed fox, something that's in the Korean film Uma, it known as the, the Kumheho. It's the demon in Jiu-Jitsu Kaisen Zero. It's in Lovecraft Country. It's the Baba Yaga in Slavic tradition. It's the Momo in popular culture. It's all these things. And then on top of that, a mysterious red beam of light has appeared over top of, of different parts of Texas last week, the end of last week. And listeners have been sending me this. And I, I, this is one of those things that I'm aware of it. I'm already on it. I've got a I had a I printed a copy of this this article out from BGR and some other websites and there's video of this big red mysterious pillar of light in the sky. But what you might not know is this pillar of light didn't just appear in Texas. It also appeared in Egypt a week before that. And what's really interesting, as if it couldn't get more interesting, is what's really interesting is that the pillar of light which might remind you of almost like a pillar of fire. It's this big red pillar. The pillar of fire was granted to the Israelites for guidance during their exodus out of Egypt. And you know what April is? We're approaching the, 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 the month of Pesach or Passover and the celebration of the escape from slavery of the Jews in Egypt. So they have Passover. We have Easter the midpoint of the first month of spring, and then we have Easter right after that. The the Passover's on the 15th, Easter on the 17th. And uh, this light over Houston and over Egypt appeared uh, right around the time of the spring equinox. So we've got all these astrological, all these theological, all these demonological things, and, and we've got to talk about them on The Secret Teachings tonight. It's so synchronistic, and it's really incredible. We're going to discuss it all when we come back. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. There's a lot more after this. Stay with us. And again, I want to thank you for allowing me to be on the show, Ryan. You're not like the mindless dribble around you. Hello, folks. This is Jordan Maxwell. My website is jordanmaxwellshow.com, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. Excellent shows. Keep listening with your host, Ryan Gable. It's time you got acquainted with the real hard truth. It's The Secret Teachings Radio, one of the homes of the original Super Bowl analysis, exclusively airing on KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. 
The Secret Teachings is finally available on nearly every podcast platform, from Apple to Spotify and Podcast Addict. Also available is The Secret Teachings Weekends, our one-hour Saturday morning show. Search the name and start listening today for free. But if you want to avoid those annoying ads, head on over to thesecretteachings.info and subscribe to the ad-free archive. It's got old shows, new shows, and you can also download Ryan's digital books. Subscribe today. What are you waiting for? The end of the world? If you enjoy The Secret Teachings and want to hold years of my research in your hands, visit our website and grab physical and digital copies of my books. Occult Arcana will introduce you to sacred myths, folklore, magic, theology, and alchemy. The technological elixir will take you from transhumanism and AI to black goo and UFOs. And food philosophy might just change your mind about what we call food, germ theory, and geoengineering. Remember, shipping is always included with the books. Visit www.thesecretteachings.info and get your copy today. The Secret Teachings is now on Gab and Getter. Search Ryan Gable on both to find the show or stick with The Secret Teachings in the Metaverse. This is Michael Strange from Troubled Minds. Did you hear that scientists recently discovered radio waves coming from Proxima Centauri? Well, I cannot confirm nor deny we are broadcasting from that neck of the woods. You are listening to KTLK, The Fringe FM. Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in Paranormal Talk entertainment, including the network you're listening to right now. The Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS App Store. Hello, folks. This is Jordan Maxwell. My website is jordanmaxwellshow.com, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with your host, Ryan Gable. Do you have everything you need to explore The Secret Teachings? I've got my secret socks on and my secret TV and my secret TV channel. Looks like SpongeBob's ready. Are you? Hey, this is Charlie Robinson, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. This is David Icke from DavidIcke.com, author of The Phantom Self and The Perception Deception, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. your host Ryan Gable and this is the Secret Teachings Radio broadcasting five nights a week Monday through Friday. You can listen to the Secret Teachings pretty much anywhere you can listen to radio shows and podcasts and wherever you choose to listen to the show on the many radio and podcast players we ask you to leave us a review or more so to leave others a review of what you think of the show so they know what listeners who tune into this broadcast think of what we have to say and what the information is we present. And you can leave us a couple of stars. That would also immensely help us. Just takes a moment. We really, really appreciate that. If you'd like to uh, contact the show, rdgable at yahoo.com. That's the email. You can also find us on Patreon. I didn't mention that in the first segment. Patreon for behind-the-scenes content. 
our affiliate sponsor, Pro One Water Filters, and you can find my books, including The Technological Elixir, which is jam-packed with a lot of the stuff we're going to talk about tonight at www.thesecretteachings.info. You'll also get a digital copy of that book when you subscribe to the archive for one year, along with digital copies of all of my books with your subscription. I don't know if you guys saw this, but a few days ago, a red beam of light appeared in the sky over various parts of Texas. It was seen over Houston, Perland, League City, Deer Park, and Missouri City, according to several news reports, including ABC local news in those areas. Now, when this red light was seen, people immediately thought it was probably a UFO, right? Uh, Never really understood what that meant. I don't see how a red light means it's a UFO. A UFO is an unidentified flying object. Uh, A red light in the sky is a red light in the sky that has nothing to do with UFOs, I don't think. Uh, I would say, if anything, it's an atmospheric phenomenon. And if it is some kind of atmospheric uh, phenomenon, it's probably uh, really easily explained by science, right? Science could tell us what that light is. And science has attempted to tell us. Scientists, meteorologists have attempted to to tell us what this light was in the sky. They basically say that um, it was due to uh, exceptionally cold air and uh, ice crystals in the air. And as a result of these ice crystals in the air and, and light passing through them, it created this red pillar of light. Now, I know what they're referring to. I know what these meteorologists and scientists and quote-unquote skeptics, although I don't know what that means either. It's a red light in the sky. I don't know how you can be skeptical of an explanation for it when we don't know exactly what it was, but I I understand. Like, I've seen pillars of light, you know, driving through, let's say, the desert or just driving, you know, in the middle of the night and coming up upon a city. You see the glow of the city. Sometimes you can see if it's raining out or if it's kind of cold out. You can see pillars of light. But this wasn't directly over the city. This was like very high in the sky in comparison, this red beam, this red pillar of light. So like there's a scientific explanation, but there's also a scientific explanation for the plagues of Egypt. There's also a scientific explanation for many of the things that happened in the Bible. And I never understood why we can't look at both a scientific explanation and what might be referred to as a supernatural or paranormal, or even a divine event. Like, God is responsible for X, or for Y, or for Z. God did this, God did that. You would, I would imagine you'd be able to explain away uh, the plagues of Egypt through the scientific uh, process and method in the same way that you could explain you know, what this red pillar of light is. But that doesn't mean it's not paranormal or abnormal, because whatever God does, God's working... You know, even when it's outside of the, the the basic fundamental laws of physics as we understand them, it, it's still working within our material physical reality. So, whatever God does, it we might consider it a miracle, like a like a, a crying statue of blood or oil or water, or a, a bleeding statue. In the case of Saint Michael uh, last month in February in Colorado, the bleeding Saint Michael statue, uh, you might consider that a miracle. But there also might be. You know, in a lot of these weeping statues or bleeding statues, there's a very easy explanation. You know, maybe the paint is running, right? Maybe it's really hot and there's some form of perspiration, uh, some kind of condensation, if you will, on the statue. I mean, it's a natural explanation, but it could also be divine. It's a portent. It's a sign of something else. 
um, to come, something that could be potentially catastrophic, potentially destructive. It's the signs in heaven that the end is near. And so when I look at this red pillar of light, this uh, mysterious pillar of light, um, and, I, and I read about it, the thing that got me the most was that this thing didn't just pop up over Texas. And it didn't just pop up over Houston. It popped up over different parts of Texas. And it also popped up, it also appeared over Egypt a week before last week when it appeared in Texas. It popped up in Egypt. Now that might have no meaning to you. And when I first read that, it didn't have any meaning to me. I had to think about it and I realized, wait a minute. This is the end of March, right? The spring equinox was March 20th through the 23rd on the witch's calendar. It's like a three, four-day festival. The end of the 20th into the beginning of the 23rd. So essentially a three-day festival. And this brings us longer days. It brings us warmer days. And it brings us, generally speaking, a little more happiness. It's the opening of the gates of heaven. We talked about that on the show last Monday. The opening of the gates of heaven. Heaven's gates open, and we have warmer, brighter, longer days. Just this weekend, we had the anniversary of law enforcement finding the Heaven's Gate cult that had committed suicide in order to reach the UFO behind the Hellbop Comet. Spring is the opening of the gates of heaven. Now, right before this red light appeared in Texas, it appeared in Egypt. The spring equinox brings us Easter, and right before Easter, it brings us the Pesach, or the Passover. Passover is traditionally had at the midpoint of the first month of spring. It's right before Easter. You know, if you're Jewish, if you're Christian, you know, some people are kind of celebrate both. Some people just recognize both. They don't really celebrate them. But a lot of you know what these these holy or holy days are all about, right? So if you have this pillar of red light in the sky, and it's over Egypt, and it's around the time of the spring equinox and the Passover, if you've ever picked up a Bible before, this will be a significant portent. This will be a significant sign in heaven. Because if you pick up the Bible, or if you're familiar with the story of Exodus, you'll remember the famous pillar of fire in the sky. You might not even know the story of Exodus, but you've probably seen, I don't know, a movie, a TV show. Maybe you've been to church when you were a kid. You've probably heard the story of Exodus, right? Where the Lord God appears in a pillar of cloud by day to guide the Israelites out of slavery, out of Egypt. And by night, God appears as a pillar of fire to give them light so they could travel by nighttime. So as a cloud or a pillar of cloud to travel by day and a pillar of fire to travel by night. Now, some people might immediately say, hey, that's a UFO guiding the Israelites. And I say, hey, maybe. I don't know, though. What I do know is, in the story of Exodus, in the story of the escape 
of the Israelites from Egypt. They were guided by a pillar of light, a pillar of fire, quote-unquote, a pillar of fire to guide them by the night that brought them out of Egypt and guided them through the desert on their long journey. And that happened, and it's celebrated now, during the first month of spring, after the spring equinox. We call that Passover, or Pesach, when the Holy Spirit passed over those who were worthy, passed over those who had the, who had the mark, the blood of the Lamb, right? Those who were saved, those who were in the good grace of God, and being saved from the plagues and being guided out of Egypt by this pillar of fire, the Jews celebrate this as the Pesach or the Passover, the midpoint of the first month of spring, right before those of us who maybe consider ourselves Christian or those who just like, you know, classical kind of traditions, you know, they might have grown up with, but they're not Christian. We call that Easter. The spring equinox itself, we, we call Ostara, and this is where we get Ostara, Eostra, the European goddess, or Ishtar, Easter, same exact thing. And this pillar of red light, this pillar of fire, appears over Texas, and then it appears over Egypt, and literally just days before the Passover Pesach celebration, just days before the spring Easter celebration, and just days before the spring equinox. So this, I would think, I do tend to think, I'm wondering if you think, is at the very least interesting, perhaps at the very most an important sign in heaven that something big and something important and something significant is happening. Not just important, but a portent. A portent. A sign of something perhaps catastrophic that may be taking place. Not necessarily a singular event, but a series of events. Biblical signs and portents that we've seen increasing, especially since this Slavic war has been underway in Ukraine. And since this Slavic war has been underway in Ukraine, just an extension of hundreds, if not thousands of years of conflict, as we find anywhere else in the world, a lot of pastors and a lot of those that are religious-oriented believe that this is the end of days. They believe that what is happening in Ukraine is a sign of the end times. It's interesting because we know about the St. Michael statue bleeding. I've mentioned that dozens of times on this show. St. Michael the Archangel bleeding from the head as he conquers the devil. A statue in Colorado that began bleeding on February 23rd, a little under 24 hours before the Russians entered into Ukraine. When the Russians were in Ukraine in early March, first week of, of occupation and military operation, a story came out about a UFO unleashing a form of divine lightning after Ukrainian soldiers had prayed to God to save them from this invasion. 
doesn't matter what you think of the Russians or the Ukrainians or the mainstream media or the alternative media. doesn't matter what you think of any of these narratives. It's just this idea that there's such a religious significance. There are so many biblical signs and portents that are related to what is happening in these countries. A UFO unleashing divine lightning. That was reported on March 7th. I believe it happened on the maybe the 4th, maybe the 5th. It happened a few days before that. Now, a few days after that, some of you may remember we talked about the Mariana apparitions last week. Probably one of the most famous of the Mariana apparitions, the Holy Mother, the Holy Virgin Mary, happened in 1917 on March 13th. So we just passed the anniversary of the Our Lady of Fatima apparition in 1917. As that happens, we've been also in the midst of other chaotic things brewing, such as the Secesho Sekai Stone or the Killing Stone cracking open in Japan that same two-week period of early March. That Killing Stone cracked open It's made of a a volcanic rock. It supposedly held this demon for a thousand years. We know about the thousand-year Reich. We know about the year of the tiger. This is 2022, the year of the tiger. The tiger lives a thousand years. We know about the thousand-year Reich or the fourth Reich, the fourth industrial revolution. This volcanic rock cracks open after a thousand years. And based on the legend... A demon comes out of the rock. This was reported in early March. This demon, known as the Tomomo no Mai, Tomomo no Mai, reported March 8th, right around the time of that lightning striking in Ukraine. The Tomomo no Mai is also known as the nine-tailed fox. It's a demon that takes the form of a beautiful woman or as a fox, to seduce, and to kill. Now, most of the stories say that this demon tracks down young men, seduces them, and kills them, kind of like a succubus, you know, or, or you know, the equivalent of, of an incubus, incubus, succubus. One goes after men, one goes after women. But it also means, kind of like in magic, when we hear about sacrificing a kid, People interpret that to mean a child. So we say it's child sacrifice, but that's not what it means. It means to sacrifice a kid. It's a name for a baby goat, to sacrifice a goat, not an actual child. In the same way that we say there's animal sacrifice, that is a metaphor. That's a symbol of the animal in us. To overcome our emotional hysteria, to conquer our emotions, our thoughts, and our actions, and to be able to align ourselves with the divine. So that's an animal sacrifice. The killing of a kid is not a child. It's not a human sacrifice. It's the killing of a goat. Not that some people don't do the other thing, but it's the killing of a goat. So tracking down the young, seducing and killing them, you know, and and this is a a, a beautiful woman most of the time who does this. It kind of sounds like Hansel and Gretel, doesn't it? It kind of sounds like the witch in the woods luring young, innocent children to their demise, like a siren, like an incubus or a succubus. They don't do as much luring 
as they do having sex with their victims in, in, in bed at night. The siren does a lot more luring. The nine-tailed fox does a little more luring. The nine-tailed fox is a little bit more of a, of a sinister figure, uh, a sinister character, because the nine-tailed fox is also a symbol of transformation, bringing about transformation where it goes. All of this comes together in a beautifully terrifying way when we consider what the Tamomo Nomai is in other cultures. The Tamomo Nomai, this nine-tailed fox, this demon that comes out of this killing stone, or the Sesho Sekai in Japan in early March, has an equivalent in China, an equivalent in Korea, an equivalent in Slavic countries, an equivalent in popular culture, an equivalent in TV and movies. It's all the same demon. In China, it's known as the Mo. Mo means demon. In the new Korean film, well, it's an English film, but it's based on Korean folklore and legend. In the new Korean film, Uma, the mother, there is a portrayal of the Kumeho. And the Kumeho is symbolized by a fox that appears often as a beautiful woman, also known as the nine-tailed fox, and also can be spelled K-U-M-I-G-O or K-U-M-K-U-M-I-H-O. There's different ways to, to spell it. Kumiho, I believe is how you pronounce it. And this is kind of a sinister character. You know, foxes are kind of rambunctious, right? And I, I often wonder, because today is my son's birthday and his name is Fox, I, I often wonder, is he more rambunctious because his name is Fox? Does he draw down that sympathetic energy from the heavens? Does he have that sympathetic connection to actual foxes? I think that sometimes, you know. I mean, he could, in his life, he could use that symbol to obtain that energy, right? Foxes are very, very clever. They're very, very wise. They're very, very smart. They can be very cunning. They can also be very sinister. So you have the Mo in China. You have the, the Kumeho in the Uma film that just came out. And this demon also appears in other movies that are also in the theater right now. Jujutsu Kaisen Zero, and, which is an anime. And it's also been in TV shows like Lovecraft Country. And in the Slavic nations where our, our attention is so obsessively focused right now, it's known as the Baba Yaga. The Baba Yaga is one of, my, one of my favorite folklores and legends because it's not just this beautiful woman who's sort of distorted, who lives in the woods. It's like a Hansel and Gretel situation. This beautiful woman who lives in the woods, the woods this distorted woman, is the devil. And we know that because in medieval times, the devil always had chicken legs. And in the story of the Baba Yaga, invariably, her house that she moves around on has chicken legs. Sometimes she's portrayed as having chicken legs. And for those of you who might have a memory, then you'll remember like I do about the Momo Challenge. Remember the Momo Challenge? Remember the sculpture of the Momo? That sculpture of the Momo, the distorted woman, that scraggly looking hairdo that she had, and the breasts that basically came down into this chicken-like body with chicken legs. And when the Momo challenge effectively left the, the public awareness, it left when the creator of the statue 
which is slightly, you know, removed from the so-called social media challenge, but the, the, the image of the statue was used in the so-called challenge, which I think is algorithm, AI, hackers. It could be a lot of different things. One of the eyes of that character, of that statue, of that, that sculpture was saved for another piece of art. One of the original stories, and I talk about this in my book, The Technological Elixir, one of the original stories about the Momo Challenge was a kid who hanged himself. And after he hanged himself and, 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 and uh, you know, people come in and find him hanging, they find that he had written, he had scribbled on the wall a couple of different phrases. One of the phrases he scribbled on the wall was devil's one eye, or basically the, the eye of the devil. Now, that was... Months before the creator, the sculptor, decided to get rid of the Momo sculptor, a sculpture, because of of the effect it had on on popular culture and the effect it had on society, with this so-called Momo challenge, which now now they consider an urban legend that it didn't even exist. But he decided to save a single eye, a single eye from it to use in another statue, basically taking the essence of that statue and saving it for something else. And that's just something that's so creepy that it's, it's stuck with me for a long time now. And this was a couple of years ago this stuff started happening. And I always said the Momo was kind of like a female version of the Slender Man. But they're all the same thing. They, they manifest in the same way. They are, in effect, evil. That's what they are. They are, in effect, evil. They are His Infernal Majesty. From the Slender Man stabbing to the Momo Challenge. We've also had movies. If you flip through Netflix, look at all these movies that have come out. All these movies called Bye Bye Man, Empty Man, Stick Man, Chestnut Man. A lot of them that are directed toward young adults and teenagers. In Stick Man, a little girl is made to kill her sister. In Bye Bye Man, evil gets into the head and takes control to cause similar chaos and destruction. Chestnut Man deals with an identical evil force linked to a missing child. Empty Man includes a missing child as well. And a synopsis describes the film involving a secret group attempting to summon a terrifying supernatural entity. A few months ago, I went to see the movie Antlers. In the movie Antlers, there was heavy focus on this uh, Native American folklore and legend known as the Wendigo or the Vitico a manifestation of evil. The Wendigo comes from the the legends of the First Nations people, if you want to look it up. There's also the 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 Watiko, and they spell it different ways, different cultures have different things, but you know, different ways to pronounce it, different spellings, but it's basically the same thing. It's the exact same evil. And what was the purpose of the Momo challenge to meet the devil? Well, it was to meet Momo, but Momo means devil, devil, or demon, demon. So when I start seeing this pop up in movies and TV shows, I didn't expect to see anything about a demon. I thought this was about ancestral spirits when I went to see this movie, Uma. And, and if we re- rewind a little bit, the, the, one of the main reasons I went to see this movie was because we, we go camping uh, yesterday, 
And um, I was telling some scary stories to to Hope and to what well, she hears them all the time. So I don't know if she, she's as scared by them, but to our friends who were out there camping as well out in the middle of nowhere. And we were talking about everything from smart dust to DNA to spirits and the meaning of life. And I go to sleep that night and I, I had some weird alien dreams. OK, so I was my brain was all over the place. That's just if you go camping with me, you're going to get you're going to get some weird, scary stories. But I'm sitting there. I'm laying there. I'm, I'm kind of like half awake, half asleep, sitting up, laying down. And I hear this like voice, like it's not conscious, but it's it's kind of conscious. I don't even remember if I was asleep or not. This like feminine spirit or something. I don't know what it was telling me, come play with me, come outside, come out here, you know, leave the tent. Felt like I was asleep. I pulled a gun on the damn thing. I didn't know what it was. Right before I went to sleep, they, there was border patrol coming down the road. There were police cars, ambulances. And that's stuff that rarely ever happens out here at the park we were at. So I was a little bit frazzled. And I had this, this interaction with this spirit or whatever it was it kind of in my dream. And the next day we woke up. It was a nice day. We came home. I decided to go to the movie and I just felt compelled to see Uma. And then I go see Uma and there it is again, the Kumiho and the fox symbol in the movie. And there's another movie playing right now, Jiu-Jitsu Case and Zero, same demon. I did a little bit of research. It's also in Lovecraft country, same demon. All the attention on these Slavic nations right now, the Baba Yaga, same demon. The Mo in China is the Temomo Nomai, the nine-tailed fox, a demon taking the form of a beautiful woman or fox to seduce and kill particularly the innocent. The Temomo Nomai coming out of the killing stone in Japan that supposedly broke open in early March. Then you've got St. Michael the Archangel bleeding. You've got UFOs unleashing divine lightning after prayers. You've got the anniversary of Our Lady of Fatima apparitions in 1917. You've got the Ides of March. All these things happening in March as we approach Easter and Passover. As we leave March, the spring equinox, and we enter into the first month of spring, We get the Passover, we get the spring equinox that we celebrate as Easter weeks after the equinox. And it's really, really fascinating because we've had a red beam of light appear in Texas over various cities, including Houston, a similar pillar appearing over Egypt right before the one in Houston. That pillar appearing during the spring equinox. That pillar of fire in Exodus that led the Jews out of Egypt. And the Jews now celebrate that Exodus as the Pesach or the Passover, the midpoint of the first month of spring right before Easter. These are biblical signs and portents that are very important that you need to pay attention to. And we're bringing it to you right here exclusively on The Secret Teachings. I'm Ryan Gable, your host, rdgable at yahoo.com. There's a lot more after this. Don't go anywhere. Another UFO report, a redacted version of the one we saw last year, was released on Friday. I'm going to tell you about that when we come back from break. 
The Secret Teachings is finally available on nearly every podcast platform from Apple and Spreaker to Spotify and Podcast Addict. Also available as TST Weekends, our one-hour Saturday morning show. Search the show name and start listening today for free. And if you want to avoid those annoying ads, visit www.thesecretteachings.info and subscribe to our ad-free archive with some of our older shows included. You'll get a private RSS feed and access to the Montage Archive and my digital books. Subscribe today or listen to the free show archive at thesecretteachings.info. If you enjoy The Secret Teachings and want to hold years of Ryan's research in your hands, grab a physical and digital copy of his books. Occult Arcana will introduce you to sacred myths, folklore, and alchemy. The technological elixir will take you from transhumanism and AI to black goo and UFOs. Food philosophy will change your mind about what we call food, germ theory, and geoengineering. Visit thesecretteachings.info. So, you love talk radio, then you'll love TalkStreamLive.com. TalkStream Live is always on, 24-7, with the best streaming talk shows. Find your favorite talkers and discover some new ones. It's free, readily available online, or on mobile with any smartphone or tablet. Finding your favorite talk shows all in one place has gotten a whole lot easier. Just go to TalkStreamLive.com. Be sure to download the free apps from Google Play or the iTunes App Store. This is Michael Strange from Troubled Minds. You are listening to KTLK, The Fringe FM. You are listening to The Secret Teachings. To contact the show, to share information and your opinion, or give recommendations, email rdgable at yahoo.com. Visit the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings or visit the website at www.thesecretteachings.info People ask me all the time what they can do to take control of their lives when facing a daily onslaught of dis- and misinformation. I say take control of your body and mind with water filtration. Visit www.thesecretteachings.info and click on our affiliate sponsor link with Pro One Water Filters at the top of the page to search for a water filter for the home, camping trip, and even the shower. They filter countless contaminants and make a wonderful gift for friends, family, and yourself. That's Pro One Water Filters at thesecretteachings.info. You're listening to The Secret Teachings. For more information on the show or to contact Ryan, visit thesecretteachings.info or email ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com. Hey there, this is Greg Carlwood of the Higher Side Chats, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Welcome back to the Secret Teachings radio broadcast. I'm your host, Ryan Gable. The date is March 29th into March 30th, 2022. Our website is www.thesecretteachings.info where you can find our full advertisement-free archive. You can download and stream all of those shows, get access to our montage archive and more, a private RSS feed, and more at www.thesecretteachings.info. Please also check out our Patreon page, our affiliate Pro One Water Filters, 
and my books, including The Technological Elixir, on that website. You can also email the show at rdgable at yahoo.com and find us on Gab, Gitter, and Facebook at facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings. We saw a red beam of light appear in the sky over Texas last week. And that red beam of light over Texas didn't stop in Houston. It also appeared in other places in Texas that the media was a little bit less interested in reporting. If you read some of the stories about this red beam of light that appeared in the sky over Houston, you'll find that it also appeared in other places like Perlin, League City, Deer Park, and Missouri City. It also could have appeared in other places and people didn't see it or didn't report it. What's more interesting, though, is that this red beam of light also appeared in Egypt a week before. That red beam of light over Egypt has very important biblical significance. If you think of a red beam of light, or you look at our promotional picture tonight, that red glowing beam of light, it might remind you of two things. It might remind you of the eye of Sauron, or it might remind you of a pillar of fire, both of which are very significant. One, because if we're talking about the eye of Sauron, and we go back to last segment, we were discussing the Tomomo Namai, a Japanese demon that supposedly broke free from the Sesho Sekai stone, the killing stone in Japan in early March. That demon in China is known as the Mo. Tomomo is known as the Mo in China, or the demon. I just went to see the new film, Uma, which has a lot of Korean folklore and myth and legend in it. And they focus on the Kumeho, or the Kumigo. It's pronounced Kumeho, I believe. And the Kumeho is basically Temomo Namai, or the Mo, in China. This demon also appears in another movie that's out, an anime called Jujutsu Kaisen Zero. The television show Lovecraft Country also had this demon in it last year. I believe it was an episode late last year, 2021. In Slavic countries, this demon is known as the Baba Yaga. In popular culture, the demon is known as the Momo or Slenderman or any of these other TV shows and movies that have the bye-bye man, the stick man, the empty man, uh, the chestnut man, it's all the same thing. It's all evil, manifesting in different ways. The movie Antlers portrayed a similar form of evil. We did a show on this called Antler Man. And the Antler Man is the Wendigo or the Watiko. It's from the First Nations people the Wendigo, Watiko, and other native tribes, a similar form of evil, an evil that consumes its victims, an evil that the more it consumes, the hungrier it gets. It's a metaphor. It's a symbol. It's an archetype. And it appears in many forms, in many different cultures. It is simply evil. It is simply His Infernal Majesty, Him. And when we looked at the Momo, remember the Momo statue or sculpture that was used in those social media posts and the threats on the different apps like WhatsApp, that distorted, disturbing-looking young woman 
with the breasts that turn into this chicken body with chicken legs. Remember that statue, the sculpture? That's basically the Baba Yaga, a distorted young woman, a young woman who is a witch living in the woods with the chicken legs or the chicken leg house. That's the Baba Yaga again. When that statue was destroyed, the creator of that statue, the sculptor of that thing, Kesuke Ayaso, destroyed the statue but saved an eye, a single eye from the statue to use in, quote, another work. I have a quote from the article from CNET about this. In my book, The Technological Elixir, I just pulled it up to read it to you. Only one eye remains of the rubber model, and he plans to recycle that eye in another work. Now we see the eye in the sky, kind of like the eye of Sauron, that big, burning, red eye in the sky over Texas, but also over Egypt. So that is one significant element of that fiery red pillar in the sky. The other element, I said there were two, is the biblical significance of what that red light means. Now, if we saw this red light in the sky in September, or we saw this red light in the sky even back in January, it would not be as significant as it is right now. It's significant right now because not only have we had all of these other biblical portents and revelations in the last couple of weeks, from the bleeding of the St. Michael statue to this UFO in Ukraine unleashing divine lightning based on prayers, to the anniversary of the Our Lady of Fatima apparitions in 1917, and all of those demons and pop culture and movies and TV shows and myth and legend and folklore and the Sesesho Sakai stone breaking open in Japan, putting all that together plus the Ides of March and the Rasputin story that we covered and the talk about how Vladimir Putin is maybe being inspired by an occultist or an esotericist like like a Rasputin, or Putin himself is kind of like a Rasputin character, and we know the path. Putin means path, and Ra is Ra in Egypt, the chief god, Ra or possessive Ra's path, and Ra is the fire god, the sun god. And what is the sun? St. Michael the archangel. St. Michael the archangel's path. Putin, Rasputin. And the calls for Putin to be assassinated like Julius Caesar on the Ides of March, the historical date of the assassination of Julius Caesar. March has been one hell of a month. One hell of a month. And now, around the time of the spring equinox, this red pillar of light appears. And this red pillar of light, if you look at it, You can watch the video of it. This red pillar of light. It was first reported on March 24th. Literally, the conclusion of the the beginning of the spring equinox. And when I saw it, I started to think about biblical scripture. And I thought, pillar of red. Pillar of fire. God was a pillar of fire in the Bible. In fact, the pillar of fire is probably one of the most recognizable stories in the Bible, even if you're not a Christian, even if you're not a Jew. 
And even if you're not a Muslim, Muslims know quite a bit about the Bible. The pillar of fire is how the Lord God appeared to the Israelites to lead them out of captivity during the Exodus. If you look up the biblical book of Exodus and you read about the Exodus, the line you're looking for is Exodus 13, 20 through 21. And you'll see the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way, and by night a pillar of fire to give them light so that they could travel by day or night. If this pillar of light just appeared in Texas, it would almost be insignificant, but still an interesting story. If it appeared in Texas and Egypt... It would be a little more of an interesting story, but let's say it appeared in November, it wouldn't be as interesting as it is now. The fact that it appeared in Texas and it appeared in Egypt and it appeared during this time is incredibly significant and a highly energized portent of potential events to come. Because as you know, a portent is basically like an omen. A portent is a warning sign. That something calamitous is likely to happen. Now, that doesn't have to be an event. That could be a series of events. Maybe that something calamitous is happening. Something incredibly destructive. That's why I called the show tonight The Fox and the Hounds of War. You know, it's a play on the fox and the hound, but the fox is the nine tailed demon. And rather than the, the dogs of war, which is a saying that, that, that indicates destruction and chaos brought on by, by war. It's the fox and the hounds of war because the war, as some believe, is the war of the end times, the final war, the final judgment. Whether you're Christian or not, people love apocalyptic stories. They love dystopian stories. They love that mystery. They love that chaos and that destruction. But most of that is rooted in religious Stories, myths, legends, etc. So the two elements to this red light in the sky, it's not just the eye in the sky and the eye of the Momo and the Tamomo Namai and the Kumeho and the Mo and the, the different movies and TV shows where you've seen this character in the Baba Yaga and the Slavic tradition. It's also this red pillar, this pillar of fire granted to the Israelites for guidance during their exodus. Now, what do we celebrate in about two weeks? Today is March 30th, 29th into the 30th, Tuesday into Wednesday, 2022. In about two weeks, we celebrate Easter. Jews celebrate, right before Easter, the Passover or the Pasuk. That's the midpoint of the first month or the Ides of the first month of spring right before the Easter celebration. And why did the Jews celebrate Passover? Well, it's a celebration of their escape from Egypt, of captivity in Egypt. It's a story I don't think we have all the details on, but that's you know the story of and the celebration of their escape from Egypt historically. And God led them with a pillar of red light or a pillar of fire out of Egypt across the desert. How important, how significant, how much of a portent is this to see a red 
pillar of light over Egypt, literally before the Passover celebration, before Easter. To see that red pillar of light before the spring equinox in Egypt and then the day after the spring equinox in Texas. Ask yourself, that has to be important. It has to be important, doesn't it? That's a really important, significant biblical sign. And we've seen these signs increasing and increasing and increasing. And although I could tell you for ratings and for late-night radio, something is coming, something is coming. Well, something's always coming. If you combine everything that's happened in the last couple of weeks, just in an esoteric sense, you could write a book on it. It's baffling. From apparitions to bleeding statues to demons escaping from rocks to end-time battles and symbols and Archetypes, I mean, there's a lot going on in the world that has nothing at all to do with the mainline, mainstream, mundane narrative that's spun and woven every single waking hour of every single day and night. And on top of all of that, you might not have heard about this over the weekend, but a redacted version of the UAP report given to Congress last June was published this week by a Freedom of Information Act request from John Greenwald on the Black Vault. This is a redacted UFO report, and it was announced on Friday, March 25th, at the end of the news cycle, and then... We don't think about it or care about it on Saturday. It's our day off. And then Sunday, we have the Hollywood Awards show. And Will Smith goes on to stage and slaps or punches. Is it real? Is it staged? I, I don't know. I know the significance of it. You're not allowed to make jokes if one person is offended. Which, to you know, I always say, well, if you're offended, I'm offended. So let's keep hearing the jokes. I understand the significance and the symbolism of that, what it implies, but I don't really care about that story. In fact, I saw that story, you know, while I was, we were, you know, wrapping up the camping and I just thought, it's like you walk into something, you you walk into something you don't really want to walk into and you're just like, Jesus Christ. And you just walk out. That's, that's what I feel. You know, it's like when I walked into Target last time and I just saw this big rainbow display of, LGBTQ stuff for like toddlers. I was like, Jesus Christ. I just walked out. That's what I felt like. I was like, all right, camping. It's nice outside. Told some scary stories, you know. And, uh, you know, then I, I I check and see what's going on in the news. And it's like, Will Smith slapped Chris Rock. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> I don't have anything, anything else to add or say about it, you know. But I understand the significance of that. But all that has kind of obscured the fact that On Friday, a redacted version of this UFO report came out on top of everything else. You also might not have heard that NASA expects to find literally dozens and dozens and dozens of Earth-sized planets that potentially could 
maintain life. This was also a few weeks ago, early March, part of NASA's exoplanet catalog that they intend to expand through their test system, the Transiting Exoplanet Survey Satellite. A new study published based on simulations of detectable planets to calculate the, well, what tests will will actually find indicates there will be thousands of exoplanets added to the NASA exoplanet catalog, and there will be dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of them that will be Earth-size, Earth-like. NASA's also, of course, you probably heard this, going to potentially be experimenting with sexual intercourse in space for long-term space travel and, you know, for colonization of other planets and things like that. I just keep thinking about this UFO sighting, this UFO report in the Ukraine, and this lightning that came out of the craft and struck these tanks, supposedly, and how, you know, this is, if you ever read The Gods of Eden by William Bramley, it's a really good book. It's probably one of the better books or one of the best books I've ever read because it's not just history. It's also ufology. It's also the paranormal. It's a secret society. It's a lot of really good stuff. And he talks about, uh, he actually has a really good section in there on end times and end times prophecies. And uh, he talks a lot about how war is closely aligned with the, the appearance of unidentified flying objects. Um, and, and it's not just from the point of view of like, hey, there's new planes being tested. It's war. People are on edge. You don't know what's going to happen. So people see things that aren't there or they see things that aren't what they actually are, what they're not what they appear to be. Going back into history, we find these kinds of objects that are portents in the sky that signify that there's going to be a an outbreak of disease. You know, in medieval times, people would see these dark hooded characters, these dark hooded figures, and they would sometimes be spraying a, a mist, a grayish mist over a town from the outskirts of the town, like the tree line or the field fields. And then right when that mist would reach the town, people would get really, really sick. Uh, this is the plague. Uh, uh, you know, I, I believe in a scientific sense that a comet was probably responsible for what we call uh, the plague, plus unsanitary living conditions, unhygienic living conditions, poor quality of food, uh, unpurified water. A lot of things lead to quote-unquote plagues. But the idea that there's something supernatural involved, even if that includes a comet, you know, a comet has always signified the end of a dynasty, the end of a king, the end of, a, of an age, the end of something big, uh, the transition to something new. A lot of transitioning is happening right now, especially the Great Reset, this transition. And what is the fox? The fox is a symbol of transition and transformation. And this fox is popping up everywhere in popular culture. It's in movies like Uma. It's in movies like Jujitsu Case and Zero, both of which are in the theaters right now. It's in TV shows like Lovecraft Country. It's in the news when the Sesho Sekai Stone broke open in Japan. The Tomomo Namai, the nine-tailed fox, the Baba Yaga, the Mo, the Kumeho, all these different demons that are the same thing and evil that is permeating, that is, that is gestating, that is growing in the world and in our minds. 
you know, we had the Pluto return last month. And people said this was going to be a great time for transformation, and it is. But there are some who are using this time of transformation to their own benefit. It's like a grand alchemical ritual on a global stage. And our energy is being siphoned and put into these symbols and these characters and these archetypes and these sigils, all of which are the same. Whether it's the the, the antler man, you know, or the, the, the chestnut man, the stick man, the bye-bye man, the, the, the slender man, or the Momo challenge, or the Wendigo, Watiko, the... Tamomo Namai, the Kumiho, all of it is the same. The Baba Yaga, it's all the same. It's the same evil, the same demon. It is destructive. It is cunning. It is the trickster. It is the false light. It brings chaos and destruction. And with everything we have going on in the world, you can clearly see the fox and the hounds of war. The cunningness of the fox, the destructiveness of of the dogs of war, barking and howling, bringing about chaos and destruction. This has some so nervous and so concerned that they believe this is the end of days. Is it? Probably not. We thought this is the end of days since Jesus first went back up into the sky. But nevertheless, on top of this UAP UFO report that was redacted and comes out this weekend and nobody seems to be paying attention to, an anomalous pillar of light appears over Egypt right before the spring equinox, right before Easter, right before Passover or the Pesach, celebration of the Jews, the Israelites escaping from captivity led by a pillar of red light, a pillar of fire in the heavens. These are biblical signs and portents that have been increasing and increasing in a way that you don't really have to go digging for them. It's all over the news every day, from the Killing Stone to the redacted UFO report to these movies that are on the the big silver screen to the idea that war in Ukraine is Armageddon to statues bleeding of St. Michael and you know the name Putin means St. Michael's path and St. Michael's the Archangel of Kiev the anniversary of the apparition of uh, Our Lady of Fatima back in 1917 this month and the Ides of March and all of these other things that just blow my mind And I feel so compelled to bring you this information on the secret teachings tonight. The Fox and the Hounds of War. It's also my son's third birthday. Tonight, this morning, March 30th, 2022. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings, the music White Bat Audio. Please leave us a review on the radio podcast player you're listening to this show on. Check out the Fringe.fm, our home exclusive website. And stay with us. There's more after this.
The Secret Teachings is finally available on nearly every podcast platform from Apple and Spreaker to Spotify and Podcast Addict. Also available as TST Weekends, our one-hour Saturday morning show. Search the show name and start listening today for free. And if you want to avoid those annoying ads, visit www.thesecretteachings.info and subscribe to our ad-free archive with some of our older shows included. You'll get a private RSS feed and access to the montage archive and my digital books. Subscribe today or listen to the free show archive at thesecretteachings.info. If you enjoy The Secret Teachings and want to hold years of Ryan's research in your hands, grab a physical and digital copy of his books. Occult Arcana will introduce you to sacred myths, folklore, and alchemy. The technological elixir will take you from transhumanism and AI to black goo and UFOs. Food philosophy will change your mind about what we call food, germ theory, and geoengineering. Visit thesecretteachings.info. So, you love talk radio, then you'll love TalkStreamLive.com. TalkStream Live is always on, 24-7, with the best streaming talk shows. Find your favorite talkers and discover some new ones. It's free, readily available online, or on mobile with any smartphone or tablet. Finding your favorite talk shows all in one place has gotten a whole lot easier. Just go to TalkStreamLive.com. Be sure to download the free apps from Google Play or the iTunes App Store. This is Michael Strange from Troubled Minds. You are listening to KTLK, The Fringe FM. You are listening to The Secret Teachings. To contact the show, to share information and your opinion, or give recommendations, email rdgable at yahoo.com. Visit the Facebook page facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings or visit the website at www.thesecretteachings.info People ask me all the time what they can do to take control of their lives when facing a daily onslaught of dis- and misinformation. I say take control of your body and mind with water filtration. Visit www.thesecretteachings.info and click on our affiliate sponsor link with Pro One Water Filters at the top of the page to search for a water filter for the home, camping trip, and even the shower. They filter countless contaminants and make a wonderful gift for friends, family, and yourself. That's Pro One Water Filters at thesecretteachings.info. You're listening to The Secret Teachings. For more information on the show or to contact Ryan, visit thesecretteachings.info or email ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com. Hey there, this is Greg Carlwood of the Higher Side Chats, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. It's an incredible story about how much people do every day that have no idea in the world what they're doing. I'm your host, Ryan Gable, and this is the Secret Teachings Radio broadcasting around the world, Monday through Friday, five nights a week. If you'd like to contact the show, email us at rdgable at yahoo.com. Find us on social media, gabgitter and facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings. Please check out my books on the website if you'd like to support what we do, Occult Arcana, Food Philosophy, and the Technological Elixir, which is like a cult arcana, a massive book jam-packed with pretty much everything we've discussed tonight on top of 
a lot of other things, including a new section on ufology that I added midway through last year. So this book's almost 600 pages now. Occult Arcana is over 500 pages, and uh, they are packed with just endless amounts of entertainment and knowledge. Please grab copies of those books on our website at thesecretteachings.info. They also, of course, make great gifts for other people that you might want to share this information with. You can also share your login to our advertisement-free archive as well, so I encourage you to do that. And again, if you have any questions about the show or anything else, email us at rdgable at yahoo.com. A lot of listeners email me every single day. I can't get back to every single email, especially right away. I've got 312 unread emails as of right now. And I've tried to respond to some today. I just I can't get to everything because it's, it's me. I'm the only person doing this. I don't have a team. Uh, but a lot of listeners sent me this article about beams of light in the sky being spotted around the world. At first glance, it doesn't seem like much of a story. A beam of light, we see beams of light in the sky all the time. If you look at the sun with a little bit of you know water in your eye, a little tear in your eye, the light gets broken apart. You can kind of see the rays or see the different colors. I just saw a rainbow here about a week and a half ago, two weeks ago. It was raining a little bit. We saw this big, beautiful rainbow over the uh, northern part of Tucson. Huge rainbow, massive rainbow. It's the breaking apart of light. We see these big pillars of light in the sky. Meteorologists, scientists, and I don't know what a skeptic is nowadays. A skeptic is somebody, I guess, who says, we don't know what this is, but it's definitely not aliens. I guess a skeptic is just like anti-UFO. I don't know what that is anymore. But I've seen all these skeptics saying, it's not a UFO. It's just science. Science can explain it. And I thought, Couldn't science also explain extraterrestrials? Couldn't science also explain a UFO? You can't explain it, but the scientific process probably can, right? I mean, we talked to Don Lester and David Parker a few Fridays ago about how most of the modern scientific, technological, engineering advances that we've had have come about through paranormal investigation, both in radio and television in particular. And some of the greatest scientific minds of all time, Francis Crick, was on LSD when he discovered the double helix of DNA. I say, quote-unquote, discovered. And uh, a lot of scientists were practicing alchemists and magicians. So there's, there's a crossover here between all those fields. I only say that because I read this article about these beams of light that I had already printed a copy out, but I had a lot of listeners send this to me. And in the article, they quote ABC 13's chief meteorologist, Travis Herzog, saying that severe weather around Texas last week, Monday and Tuesday, could have created this cold air, very high cold air, giving room to ice crystals to form. And when that happens, light could sift through them, creating a mysterious beam of light that people witnessed in the sky. Of course, there's other explanations. Same meteorologist said a flare-up at a chemical plant or refinery in the area was most likely the cause of the light pillar. Of course, all the people that are pro-science say, yes, it was a flare-up at a chemical plant. Of course, of course, science can explain it, you morons. 
cold air, light passing through ice crystals. Yes, science explains it. Two different explanations, but they both are true. How dare you suggest this is a UFO? There's no such thing. Let's find that bizarre. But yes, it could, of course, be, you know, ice crystals and light passing through them. You know, a rainbow is probably pretty paranormal, pretty mysterious to the first people who saw a rainbow without understanding that it's light breaking apart. Doesn't mean that it's alien. But see, my issue is this. Here's here's my concern. This pillar of light appeared in Texas, but it also appeared in Egypt. For those of you who might have skimmed the Bible, for those of you who might have grown up Christian, for those of you who might know the story of Exodus, you'll remember that the pillar of fire guided the Israelites through the desert out of captivity. You'll also remember that the modern Jews celebrate this escape from captivity as the Pesach or the Passover. Passover happens at the midpoint of the first month of spring, right before Easter. So that's in about two weeks. It's the Ides of April, April 15th, Passover. Two days after that this year, the 17th, is Easter, for those of you who celebrate Easter but maybe not Passover. Now these are biblical signs and portents, I believe. Portents of importance. Why? Because this red pillar of light, which may be a more undeveloped man, let's say, would call a pillar of fire in the sky. Fire is red and orange, a red light in the sky. This pillar of fire in the sky leads the Israelites out of captivity. And the Jews celebrate this as the Pesach, the Passover, the Holy Ghost, providing guidance and protection and forgiveness to those who had the smearing of blood on their door frames, those who had faith. And those who did not have faith, the firstborn, were taken. Exodus 13, the consecration of the firstborn. Exodus 13, 21. The Israelites crossing the sea and being led by the Lord as a pillar of cloud during the day and a pillar of fire by night so they could travel, quote, by day or night. The pillar of fire or the pillar of cloud or the pillar of light also appears In other parts of Exodus, Exodus 40, Exodus 14, Exodus 16, and Numbers 16. Most often, it is called the glory of the Lord, the pillar of cloud. And it was greatly associated in Exodus with the tabernacle, Exodus 40, 36 through 37. Throughout all their journeys, whenever the cloud was taken up from over the tabernacle, the sons of Israel would set out. But if the cloud was not taken up, Then they did not set out until the day when it was taken up. This cloud, this light, some might believe is a UFO, was a guide to the Israelites. We've had other things appear in the sky recently. We did a show on spirals in the sky. Remember the spirals in the sky? I called that show Stargate 2022. In 2009, a strange spiral appeared in Norway. Called the Norway Spiral. 
In 2021, spirals appeared in the sky across the Pacific. The islands of New Caledonia, Tokelau, Samoa, and Fiji. June 18th and May 7th, 2021. And a few weeks ago, January 31st, the day after my birthday, same spiral was seen in Oklahoma. Some believe it was a satellite. Some believe it was a rocket. Even if it were those things, it is still something that we can consider to be a portent, especially considering when we look at these things, even if they're natural, even if they're easily explained by science, comets are easily explained by science, and yet throughout history they were portents of disease and death and the fall of empires. We still look at them in similar ways today. Comets are so important to some people, they kill themselves to jump onto the invisible spaceships behind that comet. Hellbot. This weekend was the anniversary of the finding of the Heaven's Gate cult. And we talked about Heaven's Gate last Monday. What is the Heaven's Gate? It's the opening of the gates of heaven. The days become longer. The days become warmer. The days become brighter. The white horse conquers the pale horse, the green horse of winter, and the spring brings life and light and the way and the truth back to the world, guiding us toward the red horse of the summer and the summer solstice Letha in mid-June. And we have Beltane before that, the fire festival, the season of burning in mid to late April. The season of burning begins with Passover, Pasek, and Easter. Passover and Pasek and Easter are the foundational Judeo-Christian holy days that celebrate the resurrection of Jesus and celebrate the escaping of captivity by the Jews from Egypt, guided by, in Exodus, a pillar of fire and a pillar of cloud, but a pillar of fire during the night, a pillar of red-orange glowing light, some might say is a UFO, a pillar of red-orange glowing light, a pillar of fire in the sky guiding the Israelites during the night so they could move across the desert during the nighttime. This pillar of light appears outside of Egypt and guides the Israelites And just a few weeks ago, right before the spring equinox, a pillar of red light appeared over Egypt. A few days later, it appeared over Texas. And that pillar of light, that pillar of fire, this anomalous thing that happens in in the sky, it might easily be explained by crystals forming in cold air. Water crystals, you know, water freezing and turning into crystals and then light passing through it. Sure. It's just weird that that would happen just days apart in two different parts of the world, in Texas and in Egypt. And it didn't happen in, you know, November. It happened during the time of the biblical exodus when a pillar of red light in the sky brought the Israelites out of captivity, and guided them across the desert. And then we have just a litany of other biblical signs and portents 
that have been increasing around the world in the last few weeks. The Slavic War occurring right now, this ongoing Slavic War, some pastors believe is a sign of the end times. They think it's Armageddon. They think it's the end of the world. But then again, people have thought this since Jesus first went up in the sky. I'm sure people were thinking at the time they went to have a bite to eat, have a drink, and they were thinking, okay, when's, when's he going to come back? Is he going to come back next week? Next month? Maybe three, four, five years from now, he'll come back. Well, it's been a couple thousand. Jesus hasn't come back yet. But the, 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 the idea is we always think that it's the end of the world. We always think it's the end times. It's always the end times, always the end times, always the end of the world, always the apocalypse, always Armageddon, always the end of the world. This time it feels more real, people say. Why? Because you have situational or current confirmation bias. It'll feel more real tomorrow because you're experiencing it tomorrow, right? And this stuff feels more real right now because it's happening and it's progressing. On February 23rd, that statue of St. Michael began to bleed. In Colorado. Remember that? Statue of St. Michael bleeding in Colorado. The church said they'd investigate it. Usually a bleeding, weeping with oil or water statue or uh, an apparition of Mary. March 13th, 1917 started a series of apparitions of Our Lady of Fatima. So we just had that anniversary. And it it's like, it's like March through... Um, uh, a few months, uh, I think until September of 1917, it was a series of months that, that this apparition was seen, but Marianne apparitions go back to 40 AD. They go back into biblical times. They're not new. People may have seen them because they were taken hallucinogenics, intentionally or unintentionally. They may have seen them because they were starving to death or they, they were suffering some disease. They saw these apparitions, but people still see them today. We see UFOs. We see half-human, half-animal beings, cryptozoology, ufology, uh, fairies, uh, you know, and, and all kinds of other things. Strongly related to shamanistic culture, ayahuasca, DMT, peyote, uh, LSD, and, and all these other various forms of uh, consciousness-altering substances. You know, humans also produce DMT, so some people naturally produce it, and they, they have these experiences. So St. Michael is, as you know, the patron saint of Kiev, and there's a big statue of St. Michael in Kiev. St. Michael is the patron of the sun as well, and we know the word Putin means the path, and we know the name Rasputin, who Putin has been compared to or has been made in parallel comparison to people saying that he was maybe listening to a Rasputin-like character, Ra's Putin means Ra's path, Ra's the sun, so St. Michael's path. That's just weird that St. Michael the archangel begins bleeding a day before Russia goes into Ukraine and St. Michael is the patron saint of Kiev. And just a few days after that, Supposedly, some soldiers in Ukraine prayed for divine assistance and a UFO unleashed lightning upon some Russian military forces. And then all hell broke loose when the Sesho Sakai stone, or the killing stone, was cracked open in Japan in early March. 
That's also not to mention the Ides of March and the calls to assassinate Vladimir Putin, like Julius Caesar, or 2-2-2-2022, February 22nd, you know, a day before that St. Michael statue started bleeding, we had the Pluto returns. And what is Pluto? God of destruction and chaos, but also rebirth and regeneration. Pluto is the brother of Zeus, and Neptune who holds the trident, the symbol of Ukraine. Zeus, the Z on the tanks of those Russian, uh, those Russian, the Russian tanks, and they also have them on their communications vehicles. Not to mention the 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 uh, the symbols used by some of those neo-Nazi groups that mirror the Aleph in Hebrew, uh, the wolf's head or the wolf a symbol, a sigil, sigil, a ruin that means lightning and sword in Hebrew. The the uh, the the symbol of the sword, the Z or the serpent, the Z and the S. The sword and the serpent is an alchemical uh, uh, series of, of magical symbols that represent the involution and evolution of spirit. Involution and evolution. This magical alchemical transformation is symbolized by the color green. You get the color green from the blue and yellow of the Ukrainian flag. And with St. Michael there in Ukraine, it's bizarre that St. Michael, who fights the devil, not just a demon, but who fights the devil, is brought to the world stage. Everybody's attention focused on Ukraine. Nobody really thinks about St. Michael and Kiev and all these underlying religious and theological and symbolic and esoteric components. But it's there in your subconscious, eating away at you. And you're providing it energy. And it's weird when St. Michael is there and these Slavic nations, St. Michael battles the devil. And at the same time, in early March, the Sesho Sakai stone in Japan cracks open after a thousand years, thousand year Reich, the year of the tiger, 2022, the tiger lives a thousand years, the fourth Reich, the fourth industrial revolution. I can keep going. The Sesho Sakai stone breaks open, releasing the Tamomo Namai. The Tamomo Namai, the nine-tailed fox, equally as cunning, equally as destructive, equally as chaotic as any dogs of war, equally as chaotic and destructive as any trickster. The fox is a symbol of the trickster. Equally as destructive and regenerative as Pluto. And the Pluto returns. In Asian folklore, foxes are animals of transformation. So here's the nine-tailed fox. And you might think it stops there, but it doesn't. The Tamomo Namai is found in China, known as the Mo. The Mo is the demon or the devil. The same demon appears in the movie Jujutsu Kaisen Zero that's in the theaters right now in anime. It's also in the TV show Lovecraft Country. In Slavic tradition, it's known as the Baba Yaga. The Baba Yaga, the deformed old woman who can appear beautiful. She's a witch. Living in the woods like Slender Man, this popular culture symbol and meme, her house has chicken legs. The chicken legs are indicative of the devil going back to medieval times. We also know the Momo statue. Remember the Momo statue where the sculpture created by Kiyosuke Aeso? And when he destroyed this statue, he kept an eye to use in other pieces of art. 
And the whole point of the Momo Challenge, where this statue was basically, it became the symbol of the Momo Challenge, that now it's considered an urban legend, despite the fact that uh, this kid in India, Manish Shaki, who's an 18-year-old boy, was hanging in a shed. He hanged himself in a shed after writing the words on the wall, hanged man and devil's one eye. It started with the devil's one eye in the killing of an innocent and it ended with the one eye of the statue being extracted and preserved for another piece of art. Don't you find that a little bit strange? As most of you know, I went camping yesterday, and when I was camping, I, um, I told some scary stories to, uh, to the people we were camping with, uh, friends of ours who were up there already camping, and we rarely get time to do things like this, so Hope and I went up there, and we... We decided to camp. We'd come back a little bit early because we, we had stuff to do the next day. And so we, I didn't do a show last night because of, of camping. And, and I thought, I'm not even going to do a show anyway. Will Smith slapped Chris Rock. I'm done. You know, <laughs> I'm done for the, for the day. All right. It's, I just, I can't. I'm just going to play the Jordan Maxwell Memorial Show again, which is available on our website for free. Download it. It's in the slider bar at the top of the page. Um, no advertisements. If you do want to support the show and you don't mind listening to some ads, you can listen to, to that uh, episode as well with a, a few uh, monetization ads as well. www.thesecretteachings.info. But we're out there camping, and I was telling some scary stories. I was talking about smart dust, and talk, we actually talked about dogmen for a little bit. And then we took a walk. It was really dark out, and we were walking, and there was four of us, and we're walking down the trail. And uh, I brought up missing 411, and that spooked me. I, was, I creeped myself out with the missing 411 story. And then we go to we go to lay down in the tent, and we got separate tents. Hope and I are in one tent, and they're in the other tent. And they're they're like a campsite away. And uh, then we see police lights, and we're out in the middle of nowhere, and we're wondering why is, why are police lights coming out? Did we do something wrong? And police lights go by, and then there's like border patrol going by, and there's like I think like six border patrol SUVs went by, then an ambulance, and then another border patrol vehicle, or some of them look, kind of look like DHS. So they're flying out there. It's just south of Tucson, so we're not even on the border. You know, we're we're like an hour from the border. Stuff still happens out there, though. But I, our friends had camped out there before. They never seen anything like this. So <laughs> my first night, of course, this is what goes down. So I'm already a little bit on edge. OK, I was thinking about missing 411 and I was then you got I don't know if there's going to be some like, you know, I doubt there's going to be like drug runners that come through there. But, you know, I don't know, some crazy uh, illegal immigrant comes through and I don't know. I don't know. So I, I was a little bit nervous. I'm always, you know, I'm always ready to, for a fight. I'm always kind of, you know, I've got the gun ready to go. I'm always ready. And I'm laying there and I hear this, like, come out of the tent, come out here and play. And I, I, I don't know if I was awake or asleep. I honestly don't know. I just heard this, come outside, come outside, come with me. It was very, very similar to what I imagine would be described as a siren. And the feeling I got from it was more of a siren than a succubus, you know, or the, the, the incubus, uh, the succubus for, uh, for men. Because it wasn't sexual, in, like in the tent, like the tent was almost like a magic circle, it felt like, and this thing was like trying to draw me out. And I... I I remember in the dream, like I grabbed my gun in the tent and I pointed it at it and cocked it and it was, was going to blow this thing away. 
I didn't know what it was. I mean, I don't care if this is a young, attractive girl. No young, attractive girl should be in the middle of nowhere trying to get me to come out of my tent at midnight. All <laughs> right. So I'm I'm ready to go. I don't know what's what's going on, but this woman's about to get her face blasted off. Right. I don't know who this is. Well, there was nobody there. It was like a spirit or something. I don't know. I was like, I don't even know if I was awake. I think it was a dream, but was it real? I had, and then I had deja vu the next morning. Really, really intense deja vu. And I told Hope and she said, she said, I think it was like, it was like a siren. It was like a, I thought maybe it was some kind of ancestral spirit or spirit in the land. I don't know what it was, but I felt compelled to go see the movie Uma. Um, when we got home, I just like, I want to go to a movie and I thought, ah, Uma's out. Let me go see Uma. It's an okay film, Korean folklore. And in the film, there it is, the fox, the nine-tailed fox, and the kumeho, which is the tamomo namai. And I thought, this level of synchronicity is, I mean, th- I think this is what it feels like to be connected to um, the divine, even on a mundane level, to be connected to the, the heartbeat and the pulse of our reality. I feel like I am with every single show we do. I just feel like my finger is on the pulse and I just feel led from one thing to another thing to another thing. And and putting all of this together, the red light in Egypt right before the spring equinox, then we have the spring equinox, then we have the red light in Texas and the red light, the pillar of fire, bringing the Jews out of captivity, of course, in Exodus, the book and the story of the pillar of cloud uh, and the pillar of fire the cloud brings the, the the israelites through the desert during the day and guides them the the fire the pillar of of red light brings them through the the desert at nighttime and and all of this is you know celebrated the exodus during passover and then we have easter and that's the mid part of the first month of spring but this is the time of the exodus and when the jews were taken out of egypt out of captivity and here's a red light in egypt in 2022 going back to the pillar of fire Thousands of years ago, leading the Jews out of captivity, the, the Israelites out of captivity, it's in Egypt, in Egypt, and, and then in two weeks is the, Pes, uh, the Pesach or the Passover. And then all these other biblical signs and portents, it just, I can't help but think, although some would say this is unnatural, this is demonic, I can't help but think that there's something holy about all of this. And uh, whatever it is, certainly shows us I don't believe that something is coming, something big and destructive per se, but a lot of little things are adding up to a lot of destruction and chaos. And a transformation, the fox is a symbol of transformation. War transforms. Transformation and alchemy. Things we're seeing with the different symbols and and, and St. Michael and the patron of Kiev and the statue bleeding and all this other stuff, the UFO unleashing divine lightning after prayers in Ukraine. Uh, This is the fox and the hounds of war. Transformation. Alchemical transformation. Regeneration. A lot of divine things, a lot of holy things, and a lot of undivine and unholy things happening. And you're going to hear about it here on The Secret Teachings five nights a week. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Please grab copies of my books at thesecretteachings.info, the technological elixir I'd recommend for tonight, or Occult Arcana. Check us out on Patreon and subscribe to the ad-free archive on the website. You'll get the private RSS feed. You can download and stream all the shows, and you'll get digital copies of my books. Stay safe, stay informed, stay healthy, and we'll talk to you 
on the next broadcast.